I'm Kyle Baird. I'm a sexaholic. Hi, Kyle. Um, when I came into this program, what brought me into this program was that uh, uh, after 40 years of, of acting out, I finally really got caught. Uh, my, my wife, while I was on a business trip, found pictures of me with uh, having sex with other women. And, uh, uh, for me, when, when she found it, found that, uh, the, the, it was like the, the jig was up and everything was crashing down around me. I felt like, uh, everybody would know, um, uh, my wife and I had, uh, just gotten married a couple of years before, um, uh, I had been divorced because of my, my acting out. I, I thought that, uh, this was, um, going to be the thing that, that made everybody knew what, what I really was. And, uh, uh, I can't tell you how many times that like in the first couple months of being in this program, I thought, why did I, why did I have to leave that stuff where she could find it? Um, what would have happened if she hadn't have found it? How different would my life be? And, uh, I, now, now it's, it's been three years and, uh, I, uh, can't help think the opposite way. I think, man, I'm so glad she found that. And I'm so glad she found it the way that she found it um, in a way that made me face this and, and come into this program. I think that any other way that she would have found uh, what she found um, or she would have found, you know, just my pornography stash or, you know, or something like that. I don't think I don't think I would have come into these rooms. Uh, I think I would have found a way to lie around it and uh, I would have, uh, I would still be back out there acting out. Um, and everything happened just so to make it so that, uh, that, uh, that I needed to come in here. And uh, now I am, I am so thankful for, for the, the way that I came in. Um, and, you know, and, and I think, you know, since I've been in this program, there's several things in, you know, my, my financial situation, my job situation has been a real challenge. I think uh, my, my financial situation is worse than it's been in, in 10 years. Um, and I'm still so thankful that, that, uh, you know, I, before I would have been wrapped around the axle about every little thing. Now uh, those, the, all that stuff matters less to me. Um, uh, I, I feel like I have a, a, a real gratitude and I think a lot of it might, my, my sponsor makes me do gratitude lists all the time. And, uh, every time I, he hears me complaining, uh, when I leave him a message, I'm complaining, he makes me do a gratitude list. And, uh, I see how much I have to, to, to be thankful for, you know, and now that, that lust is cleared from my head and, uh, that I, I now that I, that, that I can see, uh, you know, my life and, and, and what my life means and the value of, of my life, um, and the value of sobriety, I, I can really be thankful and, and really for the first time in my life. Uh, so glad to see you all here. Appreciate it. Um, the, the, the rest of the meetings open for, for sharing. I'm going to move out of the mic spot. Thanks, Kyle. Thanks, Kyle. I'm Jeff, a great for recovering sexaholic. Hey, Jeff. I, uh, my, my story, um, in 1991, I, I confessed to having a, a, a quote unquote little issue with, uh, pornography and, uh, and then decided, well, I better confess to, to one one sexual affair outside my marriage, and uh, I got some help. And and but I I remember the first that was the first time I heard heard the term sex addict, and I thought, well, I don't like that term. I, I don't want to use that. And uh, I, somehow I, I I guess I white knuckled it for for probably about four or five years. 
and I didn't slide back in. I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't trip back in. I, I dove in back into my addiction, um, in 1995 and April 16th of 2010, uh, I was caught. Um, and, uh, I, I was caught texting another woman and I, and I said, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm texting this, this woman. And, and, uh, my wife kicked me out of the house and, and, uh, um, and she said, I, th- I think you, you need to do a, a, a treatment program. So, so I went into a, a, a 30 day treatment program and, uh, then I started confessing and, uh, I, to, uh, countless, uh, I, I, I started setting, uh, you know, I started setting lines that said, I won't cross this. I won't cross that. And, and every one of those lines w- were, were, thrown under the into the garbage can and i crossed so many lines and 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 ended up having sex with with not only women but but with uh cross-gendered and 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 my life was a mess and uh within a few days of that getting caught while my wife was away anticip trying to figure out what she was going to do whether she how she was going to end this marriage that we were in this farce that she as she called it that we had been in for over th- uh, almost 30 years at that point. We were a few days shy of celebrating our 30-year anniversary. Celebrating, that's an interesting term. Um, and uh, um, I, uh, my addiction took me to a spot where I contemplated taking my life. Uh, I could still, I planned it. I had it, I had it planned down to a, to a T. And, uh, but I, I, by the grace of God, that obviously didn't happen. And, uh, uh, I, I went into a treatment program. I came out, and, and as I shared earlier today, uh, I got into SA. And uh, uh, for the first time in my life, uh, the term rigorous honesty um, became became very real to me. I, I finally decided enough was enough. Uh, I, I couldn't hide anymore. I couldn't I couldn't lie about this and I couldn't lie about that. I, I finally shared every nitty gritty, ugly affair, sexual act with, uh, with my sponsor and with my wife. And, uh, for the first time in my life, uh, I don't have secrets anymore. And, uh, my sobriety is based upon that rigorous honesty and, uh, um, being able to come into these rooms, come to this fellowship uh, even coming in here today, uh, being able to sit here and look out in this room and see faces of people that I trust, uh, that's, a, that's another interesting word. I had somebody last night in one of my meetings say, I trust you. And, and, and I, that, that's an honor. That's a word that just baffles me. How could somebody trust me? You know, I'm a liar. I'm a, I'm a professional liar. That's one thing I'm very, very good at. Um, and, uh, but, you know, I can say I don't lie anymore. I don't lie anymore because I don't want any secrets. I don't want anything, anything that can be held over my head anymore. So uh, my, my sobriety is based on, on rigorous honesty by the grace of God. Thank you for letting me be here. Thanks you for being here. My name is Jared. I am a sexaholic from Eastern Washington. Um, I was just drawn to this, this uh, topic of this meeting because gratitude is something that I think about a lot, having just come through a couple of rough days where I haven't been grateful. 
I uh, came into this program a little, I don't know, a little over a year ago. I just, um, com- just recently had my, my one year, uh, sobriety birthday in, in recovery. And, and I, I recognize one thing that I, on my own, don't seem to be capable of grasping, um, gratitude. It's when I came in, uh, to this, to these group, everything I ever, that I ever wanted in life, um, I don't have. And, uh, I still don't have it. And yet I, I came through these doors just desperate. I, you know, sinking far down the scale, I felt. And I came through these doors and I began to hear stories of other, from guys like you and, and realized that, uh, that first of all, what I wanted wasn't, wasn't all that. that I'd probably still get what I wanted and not be happy. And second of all, I just begin to feel, um, just feel grateful. I, I could feel grateful. And every time life shifts for me and circumstances change, I get knocked down and, and I just, I can't be grateful and, and I, I, I can't, uh, grasp onto, onto sobriety alone. And then I, I start to be open with you guys and I, and I start to hear your stories again. And uh, once again, I'm able to see, um, I'm able to, to, to adjust, to accept, to surrender. To, to shift my thinking and I find gratitude again and I, and I let go, um, the sickness of my, of my own mind. Anyway, I'm so grateful to be here. I'm grateful, uh, to be at a place where I, I've already be, begun to hear stories and experiences from other people that remind me that, um, I'm not alone, that what I really crave is connection. And that, um, thanks to Sexaholics Anonymous, I have today. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks, Jerry. I'm JPH, recovering Lester Hall. Uh, I'm from uh, Garrison, the, the group called We and HP group in Garrison, New York. Um, I started, my acting out started when I was 30 years old. I had been two years in a foreign country. I was looking for warmth and standing and affirmation. I was frustrated. Uh, all kinds of things were coming in, and I, I chose to act out with women. I used them as objects. I was preying on them with an E. And uh, that went on for 21 years before I finally woke up. Fortunately, different uh, incidences came in that I could not um, have planned. That opened up areas, and it was like there was a marigold, something going around up here, and there was a, a hook coming by, but I didn't have enough strength to grab it. But certain things would come in, and all of a sudden I'd reach out, and it would pull me out of the, a little bit out of the morass that I was in. And on one occasion, there was a young man came by about 9 o'clock at night, and he was on a motorcycle, but I couldn't see him <laughs> because his headlight was gone. I had just put in a solar system, so I flipped the light on, talked to him. He asked if I could give him a flashlight so I could get home 20 miles away. He comes back about two days later, gives me some more batteries, and then he says, here's a book you might like. It's called God, Revelation, and Dreams by Morton Kelsey. Now, we had never talked about dreams or anything. Why the hell would he bring the book? I read that, and I began to get back into spirituality. I hadn't prayed really for 20 years. I was mouthing things, but I wasn't praying. I was acting out. 
Well, that began the thing, and other things came in. Another an alcoholic came, in, recovering alcoholic came, introduced me to uh, to the eight twelve step program. Then a priest came in, and I got a spiritual director after twenty years without one. Um, just these different things that came into my life, and uh, so now I look at my addiction as a blessing. I mean, if I hadn't had the addiction, I don't think I would have woke up. I've gone to therapy, and my therapists have said the same thing. It seems that you had to go that path, you know. And, and I kind of, uh, I was, I hated myself so long when I asked more. I got aware of God. I said, "How the hell is could I?" We treated all those women like objects, and even treat myself as objects. When I acted out with myself, a case, I just couldn't fathom it, and I couldn't forgive myself. No one else could forgive me either. They tried; they couldn't understand. Why can't you forgive yourself? You know, because and I think what's happened: my image of God was very, very um, judgmental. I think that's a blessing that I have received. I think that I now believe that God is very forgiving. And as a result, I can forgive. And I can reach out to others. And all the things that I have experienced, as it says in the promises, allow me to kind of relate somewhat with the persons that I'm talking with. And they can they pick that up, I guess. I'm not even aware that they pick it up. But so I'm extremely grateful and as God would have it, I think, or the higher power, um, I came home finally in August 6th of 91. I said, if I don't get out of here, I'm going to die here. I need to be, I'm, it's too toxic. And I did. I went home, got help, and I haven't gone back. I'm, and, and then a thing came by, allowed me to go to a, a, a rehab, which I did. And I also had a chance to go to uh, Jerusalem and and walk around uh, Jerusalem and Palestine for six weeks with the direction. And then it came that uh, um, I was center, helping a center coordinator where I work. And uh, the place that we have a retirement home for uh, persons that have been in the service and have, uh, or it, it can't take care of themselves. And uh, the man who was an administrator had um, five bypasses. The young brother who was there had, um, he died of lung cancer. So there was only a young fellow there. And he asked me if I'd go down there for a month in order to help until another fellow would come and take it my place. Well, after six weeks, I spoke with someone and I said, you know, I think... This is where I, I can work and I have a structure. There's something there. They wanted me to go back on PR work, and that's what I was doing, a different person in every town. You know, I, I said, no, 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 that's not what I need. And I've been there 18 years now, and it's been a blessing. I've been given a project of a farm, an acre farm, and raise food for the poor. It's just made me in touch with the the higher power, and it makes me extremely grateful. And I just continue. I'm grateful that this program. I'm glad that young man who had introduced me to Harry was around back in New Year's Eve of '85 when I uh, first heard about SA. 
and he was my first sponsor. I know he, I think he died last year, Harry did. And, uh, but uh, gratitude is uh, something that is becoming more and more part of my life, and I'm very grateful. Thank you, man. Hey, everybody. I'm Chris, a sexaholic from Chicago. Um, God is doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. Um, a little bit about me, you know, there's probably some ego in this, but I was coming up on four years of sobriety would have been I think last week and I relapsed. And, um, you know, I, I was living in what I call sobriety fear. And, you know, if I do A, B, C, and D, then I'll stay sober. If I read this, if I write this, you know, if I do my journaling every night. And uh, yeah, it didn't work. Um, really wasn't hiding much uh, as far as I can remember. You know, there's always something that leads up to a slip. And I think it was, um, you know, just a lot of resentment that what I was doing, I wasn't getting the peace that I was seeking in this program. Um, since then, uh, the first month getting back was difficult. I've been sober since May 10th. This month, um, you know, I, some of the things that I was doing, I was, uh, I kind of put myself in a box. And I can't go here. I can't do this. So in the white book, it talks about doing the knots. That's what I was doing. And I'm not saying no anymore. If somebody invites me out, I don't say no. And uh, I'm just, I'm really grateful that my life is changing. I, I see step two working. Um, I didn't really see it working before. Uh, I'm really grateful to be here, grateful to be with all of you. This is a beautiful city. I've been here a couple times before and uh, grateful to be able to stay with a friend and grateful, you know, it, there was it was some triggers downtown today and I can just let them go. I don't have to hang on to that. Oh, I did something wrong. You know, it's always been about that. I'm going to, I did something wrong. I'm going to get in trouble, um, you know. Uh, that's kind of how I grew up and either I can live into that or I can ask God for help and let it go and, and be grateful that it's left me. Um, so I think that's about it. Um, this was a great topic and something I need to remember every day. So thank you. My name is Dave. I'm a Grateful sexaholic from Northern Illinois. Um, when I came into uh, recovery 12 years ago, uh, after my wife had uh, announced that our marriage was sinking and she was getting out of the boat, uh, and then she disclosed uh, to our, chi our teenage children that I was a sex addict and had acted out with men, I was in a really good place uh, emotionally. Um, and there was a guy at one of the groups I attended who said he was a grateful sexaholic. And I thought he was really strange. Um, and over the, over the course of, of recovery, um, God has blessed me um, with a spiritual awakening. Uh, he's blessed me restoring my marriage. Um, I just spent uh, six days with my oldest daughter, one of those uh, teenagers that my wife had disclosed to. Uh, but I spent a week with her and her husband and my four-and-a-half-month-old grandson. 
that I would never have enjoyed had I stayed on the path I was on 12 and a half years ago. Um, there are days that I get, uh, I get really ticked off that I'm in recovery, that I'm a sexaholic. There are days when there are a lot of triggers. I get real frustrated when I, uh, on my computer search for spiritual directors international and my internet filter won't let me go there because of some reason. But, uh, I need that internet, fil- internet filter. I'm really frustrated at times that I have to, that, that I had to go on my Verizon account and put myself as an NC 17 or the age 17 restricted use on my phone. And then I remember these two lines from page 136 and 137 of the white book. How fortunate we are then to have, to be so needy that we have to find what our lust was really looking for, the loving God who is our refuge and our strength. If this be true, how fortunate we are to have so clear and a con- continuing a need for calling on such a God for release, guidance, and peace. If it weren't for the triggers, if it weren't for my continuing need to filter my access to the Internet, I might actually think, I could handle this disease on my own. And by the grace of God, I am reminded continually that I am powerless over lust and I need him every day. Um, that's why I am a, I personally am a grateful sexaholic to know that I need to stay connected with the God of my understanding or, um, my life will be just what it was 12 and a half years ago. But that'll pass. Thanks. Hey, group. My name is Jared. I'm grateful to be a sexaholic. Uh, Thank you for all the shares. I'm actually grateful for all the shares. Uh, And in some ways, they've actually uh, said pretty much what I want to say. Grateful for a lot of things, uh, but one uh, one reason I'm grateful to be a sexaholic is that uh, I actually have a shot of um, living in reality and understanding reality. Um, the reality uh, of God, the reality of myself, and the reality of other people. <clears throat> this is These are three things I, I had no access to um, uh, before I... Uh, acknowledged uh, that I was a sexaholic and before I became grateful to be a sexaholic. Uh, before I came into sobriety, uh, I, I had a, I had a very profound conversion, came back to my childhood faith and um, I was very sincere in that and very, uh, tried to be very pious in it. Um, but in regards to this disease, I was not honest with God. Um, and actually um, I did, uh, I practiced what in retrospect could really be understood as a kind of voodoo, uh, in, in regards to God. And that what I, what I really thought was that if I, if I said these sort of magic words, God would do this magic thing to me, you know, would take this terrible disease away. I wouldn't give it to him. I, I coveted it too much. I loved it. Uh, and so I wouldn't give it to him, <clears throat> but I, I did want it to go away. So I, I, I practiced this kind of voodoo, um, with God and, and, and hoped that he would uh, magically take it away. Um, 
But now that I'm a, 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 a sexaholic, <laughs> uh, now that I know I'm a sexaholic, uh, I, I don't practice voodoo anymore. And, and that's good because that's contrary to my religion. Um, but uh, I recognize my powerlessness uh, and I recognize how God works in my life. Uh, and I recognize that where, where that power to overcome this uh, terrible disease uh, comes from. Um, in regards to myself, I can see the reality of myself, which I never thought before. I'm neither God of the universe nor a wretched little worm. Uh, I'm not the smartest person in the world. Um, uh, but I can actually see myself for what I am. I can acknowledge that I'm a sexaholic, that I'm weak, uh, that I have uh, tremendous character defects um, that hurt people and get in the way. Uh, but I could also acknowledge that I, I've been given great gifts by God and that I can use those. Um, and I can acknowledge those and recognize those for what they are. Um, and that helps me to see other people for what they are. Um, I was married for four years. I still married, thank God. I was married for no, three years, two, two or three years before I came into the program. Um, but being in the program allowed me to see my wife for the first time, uh, to see her as she is, um, and to actually accept her weakness for what it is. Um, she has her own faults. Um, but whatever uh, her faults are, I I can see her now without uh, tremendous judgment, and I can see her as just another sick person at the table, um, like you and like me, um, someone in need of God's healing. Um, and that's liberating for, for both of us. Um, and um, it's led to much more understanding, uh, not only with her, but also with other people in my life, in, in particular, um, my own father, who I had a ton of resentment towards. Um, but to understand that, you know, he too is, is someone who's, who's sick and who's been hurt. And, um, you know, he has the same problems that I have. Um, and so that's led to, um, yeah, just acknowledging the reality about him. And it's led to a better relationship. Uh, with him and with others. So, uh, I'm grateful, uh, I'm grateful to be a sexaholic, uh, because, um, now I can live in reality. Thank you. My name's Gavin. I'm a grateful sexaholic. Um, from Portland. I need to apologize. I've got my phone on silent, but my wife is 38 weeks pregnant. So I'm keeping an eye out for the text message. That doesn't happen without the higher power in this program. We got married uh, three years ago. I've been working in the SA program for quite some time. I was not sober, but she didn't. It was a minor fact that I didn't bother telling her. Um, and I finally got sober when I got rigorously honest with my sponsor and with my wife. Um, and that was on March 9th of 2000, March 11th, 2009. Um, gratitude is, uh, is a wonderful topic when things are going well. I have no problem giving all gratitude to my higher power, to the fellowship, to my sponsor. But when things are not going well, um, that's when I, that's when the power comes in and that's when the lockdown mode comes in. And that is basically the shit hit the fan because of something I did or because of I acted out with prostitutes or because I acted out with pornography for years and years and years or whatever it is. And it's the general deep down belief that, you know, whatever the therapist that I spent thousands of dollars on you know, reaffirmed about my childhood, belief about myself, which, again, didn't get me sober um, until I got into this fellowship. But, uh, you know, when, when, when things go bad, that's when I go into lockdown mode. And my sponsor asked me to do gratitude lists, and that was really, really tough for me to do. And what I'm finding is that, um, 
you know, I hear that, that phrase, uh, God is a source of my strength. And that's, that works for me, but the problem is for strength for me means power. And that means imposing my will. And, uh, that doesn't have a whole lot to do with powerlessness. And I, the last couple of months I've been praying and meditating on God as a source of my serenity. And so, you know, like it was mentioned earlier about the voodoo, I, I kind of tend to think the same thing. If I pray and meditate in the morning and make call my sponsor, and then when people from SA call me and I take the call, I'm going to have a quote-unquote good day. It's my little agreement with God. And when that doesn't happen, I start feeling betrayed or whatever the reason is. And what it, the truth is is that I'm doing these things that I can stay sober and have a chance at having a good day. And if things, quote-unquote, go bad and hit the fan, I need to look to my higher power to get through it with serenity and peace rather than the normal reactions I normally have. And a lot of those reactions are not outward, but just having that in, those that insane thoughts, the f- tightness in the chest, the you know the stomach butterflies, all that just craziness, just because you know my boss didn't give me a compliment or my wife asked me to mow the lawn or whatever it is, it can trigger it. You know, I mean, it can just it piles on. And so I think what this fellowship has brought me is is looking to my higher power for serenity, so that I can make it through the good and the bad, um, and trying to stay in the middle. And then practice and rigorous honesty, and that's probably the biggest thing I'm grateful for. And the core reason I'm sober today is the ability to not really know any of you at all and practice complete and total rigorous honesty and just getting current. I need to throw that out there. We've been planning this convention for a couple of years now. My wife's due on August 6th, and I've had conscious thoughts of this. After this convention on Sunday for the next two weeks, it would be a good opportunity to do some controlled lusting. i got to surrender and let it out. I mean, we laugh about it, but... If I don't talk about it in the meetings, then I could find myself doing some innocent searches on my phone or whatever. And that just really scares the hell out of me because I don't know when that stops. And I've shared about this before. What scares me is I lied my ass off in this program for a couple of years about my sobriety. Um, I don't know if I'll be honest about it or if I'll lie about it. And so that's why I've got to practice a rigorous honesty right up here before it gets out there. So thank you all for being here. Thanks. Yes. I'm Shalom. I'm a grateful recovering sexaholic from New York. Hey, Shalom. And I ask God to keep me sober one more day. It's great to be here. It's amazing. It's just amazing all to get identified with so many previous shares. One of the things uh, that I always constantly think, realize is, it actually hit me actually after a month of the program is, it said that uh, some of us have, you know, some people spoke about losing wives and I said well I never I didn't lose my wife some people spoke about losing their job I didn't lose my job but it never occurred to me I didn't have a wife to lose I didn't have nor did I have a job so I didn't realize that my my getting my bad shape was I couldn't get into one and uh, I'm very grateful for what the program gave me so far and I'm new I'm three months in the program is hope. I think the hardest thing in life for me was despair. Months of praying every day. God, I have no clue what I'm doing here. Take me back. And as I heard in, Republic, in recovery, God was in the middle of a losing streak. Bad week when he ended up with me. That's one of those recovery CDs share. And if I'm here today, it's because he wants me here today. He has a return policy. He's good at it. And I'm here today. I'm here today for his reason. Sometimes I know it. Sometimes I don't. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that uh, Monday I start a new job. I'm very grateful for that. A job that I may not be qualified for. And I got to realize that God sees in me what I don't even see in myself. He reveals that to others. And that's a totally new thing for me. 
you know, I just, I just felt like a horrible person, but yet in the center of the universe. And uh, it's, it is what it is. And I, but one of the, one of the things I can really identify with, uh, with uh, some of the shares and something I heard in recovery is that, you know, sexaholics are very queer people, kind of ride on a flat tire and hope it's going to go away, as once heard Bob and Scott say. And uh, I think that uh, the only problem I get after the flat tire is that I also ruined my rims. And uh, I'm, a, I'm a lost hawk, but that's my symptom. My problem's me. My problem, God knows my problem's me. And uh, nobody going to the doctor to finding out they have cancer is a problem. Find, the finding out's not the problem. The cancer is a problem. And I know that because a few years ago I was diagnosed with a brain tumor. And thank God I'm healthy. But I know what that's like. And uh, the diagnosis is not the problem. The problem is the fact that something's going in my brain. And my problem is my resentments, my fears, and all those things. I thought if I just act out, it can go away. And I thought, I don't need God. I have God. I'm a man of religion. And uh, as my sponsor said, well, how's that work for you? <laughs> I said, apparently not too well. And uh, it's great to find God. I, I spent hours in prayer and hours in learning and spiritual work. And I had to acknowledge that I was pr- kind of praying to myself. I was kind of worshiping myself, trying to keep myself sober. And God was, you know, working for me. Now, kind of things are kind of the other way around. And I'm grateful for, for SA for giving me God back. And not letting me fool myself and lie to myself that I'm worshiping a higher power because I am no higher power. If I was, I would keep myself sober. And I'm grateful to be sober today, and I pray to God may I fall asleep sober. Thanks for letting me share. My name's Tom, and I'm a sexaholic. I'm a local sexaholic. So I'm glad you all came to our town, because uh, I'm a guy that lives here half the year, and and I'm away from the fellowship half of the year. So it's a wonderful experience and to see all the strength here. But I, I, uh, my gratitude and recovery uh, centers around a, a huge number of changes in my life that have happened. And, and one of the things I always remember after getting, finding sobriety in the early nineties and is, uh, is uh, I quit worrying and planning. I mean, I thought I was important, you know, and I thought I just had to figure everything out ahead of time, you know, my engineering thing, you know. And and uh, all of a sudden, after, I don't know, a year or two of recovery, I would get up in the morning and I would listen to what you guys said. Tom, just get up and show up. And it was like, show up and see what God's got in store, you know? And that was just an incredible, uh, for me, it was wonderful. All of a sudden, every day was going to be fun. I got to, I got to look something to look forward. I wonder what's going to happen. That was, you know, I was a guy that was raised, you know, you had to fight to win and you had to work harder than the last guy and you had to plan it all out. And 
and my life was a mess. And some just little things like that I learned in this program. Just get up and show up, Tom. See what's God's got in store. And that made made me smile on the way to work because I didn't have to have it all orchestrated. You know, and another thing in that is that uh, aspect of uh, winning by giving up. Let go, you know, I, the tug of war. No, that wasn't me, man. I'm, I'm dug in. And, uh, you know, and the, and the, the example I learned in the 12 step thing was, you know, you're having the tug of war. Just let go of your end of the rope. The other guy falls in the mud, you know, this is, this is a remarkable kind of thing, you know. <laughs> so it, it's that, that kind of thing that, the, that makes me smile about some of this stuff and uh, grat- gratitude. I mean, my marriage, uh, I've tried to destroy it several times in the last 34 years and I'm proud as happy to say that and, and very grateful that it still is a strong marriage and um, and, it, and, and it isn't uh, in the beginning of recovery. It was uh, that same game. Quit fighting it, Tom. I, I joined SA to save my marriage. Hey, it was coming apart. I mean, I had to do something. My wife heard some guy talk about sex addiction and, you know, point her finger at me. And, and uh, you know, and it wasn't six. I was six months into recovery where I kind of, bang, I got it. You know, you guys would say, let go. And I, and I just totally gave up on the marriage. It hadn't gotten any better anyway. I just gave up on it. I said, I'm going to recovery. I'm going to do recovery. And, and, uh, y'all told me to just let go and let God. And and I let go and I let God handle the marriage and kept working the program and the, and I, and it all got better. And, and damn, I'm grateful. And it works in every aspect of my life. Right now I'm bringing a lot of resentment about my adult kids coming back to my house, you know, and, that really, you know, it's driving me nuts. And, you know, I got to let go of that because when I fight it, Jesus, we get the hell of a deal going. And, and, uh, so, uh, yeah, I thank for all the, all the little messages along the way and the, and the examples that I've learned and gotten this recovery that has given me a, a lot of, a lot of fun times. And, uh, and my, and my gratitude, I am one of those guys that thank God I've, I am an, an addict. Thank God I'm a sex addict because uh, I never would have got here, nor would I got this clarity in seeing life and you and what's what, what's in store, you know, and also wake up and walk into the day without agonizing over what's going to happen. Thanks. Local, local sexaholic named Steve. Steve. Grateful to see everybody here. I am grateful for the following. I am grateful for my physical health. I am grateful for what's left of my mental health. I'm grateful for a program. I'm grateful for people who come to the program and practice rigorous honesty because they're a great example of uh, to me of how to live my life. I am grateful for my sponsor and his time and uh, his love. I'm grateful for my friends in the program. I'm grateful for the knowledge that I don't, don't suffer alone. I am grateful for my work. I'm grateful for my job. I'm grateful for my um, family. I'm very grateful for my mom. I'm grateful for my father's love uh, and my mom's love. I am grateful for my dog. I'm grateful for my friends. I'm grateful for the people at the office who make me crazy because they teach me 
my shortcomings and that what I have to learn is patience and compassion and uh, understanding. And I, I don't get that um, anyplace else but except for coming here. I am most of all grateful for SA and I'm grateful for the, um, for the opportunity that it's given me to live a clean life where I can be uh, honest and honest with myself and honest with others and uh, where I found recovery. Thanks. Hi, my name's Mike, and I'm a grateful recovering sexaholic. Hey, Mike. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, when I seen gratitude, I, I had to be here because for me, it's important part of my recovery is being happy that I'm not a bad person. I'm just a sick person getting well, like they taught me around here, because left of my own shame-based way of thinking, um, I've beat myself up for a long time, and today I don't have to. You all taught me that uh, I'm okay, and you're okay too, and that's important because um, I have a part of me as a sexaholic that um, wants to act out at times, and I don't have to. It was just a blessing to have it happen recently that uh, me and my wife had an argument, and she left the house, and I haven't had this experience. I can't blame it on a dream, and I woke up. Uh, I was uh, – she left the house, and suddenly my head went and said, she's gone. I can, I can masturbate. It's like, where'd that come from? Duh. It's old behavior. <laughs> it's old behavior. But they say it ain't old behavior if I'm still doing it. So for me, um, I didn't have to and I haven't had to. By God's grace uh, in this fellowship, December 12th, which is my belly button birthday, I'll have two years. I chose that date, uh, even though I had a couple of weeks before that. But I plan to be here for the long haul, and I want to remember that date real clearly. And I know if it's my birthday that I'll, I'll remember it. And I'm really grateful that they have uh, SA meetings because I was here in 92, 93, and I graduated. I got well, whatever. I got more insane and just went back out. And, and by God's grace, y'all were still here waiting. And uh, I'm gr grateful that now I'm, I'm on the right road. I'm doing the steps, and I'm got a sponsor that I respect and appreciate and he's very tolerant and he's uh, very encouraging something I really need from a sponsor I'm a mule a jackass left of my own means you, you pull me along with negativity and I'm just going to dig my feet in but when you just simple things like let go I asked him earlier about something and he said I thought I said you what no he said I said let go yeah. my mind right away <laughs> thought something else it was like i don't have to look at it that way today i i i can have people to set an example for how to be today thanks, thanks. paul sexaholic hey, paul. from dry cities uh, washington grateful to be here um i you know everything in in this recovery uh, just kind of came right at the right time. And I heard when it was time for me to hear. And, and, um, so it was a while back, uh, that I heard an old timer talk about, um, he, every morning he, 
would make a little mental gratitude list. And, and I've heard, heard a lot about gratitude list. And, um, and then he said, I take that gratitude list and I start praying for those people, you know, and, um, and that just, it's like, duh, you need to be doing that. Um, and so I picked that up and started working with it. And I, I made a, I appreciated, uh, the gratitude list that we just heard a little bit ago, but I made it kind of just like into a little collage. I used a little bubble format, you know, family, you know, the different areas. And I just started kind of building on that. And, and I, and I, and I keep that with my morning meditation stuff. And I, I look over that, that list of stuff and of, of those people, predominantly people. And the first thing that came to me was like, that, that I'm part of a tribe, you know, that was just the word that came to me, a tribe. And I, I've been alone in a crowd my whole life, you know, and in, and in recovery, um, I mean, I, I'm starting to connect and, and be a part of. And so it's really hard for me to, to carry something into my morning meditation when I'm looking at that gratitude list, some problem or fear, or concern or resentment. And, and then the, to not look at that big picture of my life and say, holy cow, you know, what a trivial thing. Um, and uh, so I am just blessed beyond belief. And uh, the thing I, I continue to learn is, is to have some emotional sobriety. And that comes by taking the actions to free my thinking. I am the one, my thinking myself that that has been the gatekeeper holding myself prisoner all these years, you know, and and you guys have taught me uh, how to uh, you know to 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 slowly get free with you, let God be in charge, and 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 then to continue to just surrender. And and I'm not in charge, and I'm here with my band of brothers from the Tri Cities, and uh, we talk all the time. It's not a new slogan, but uh, but about driving the bus and we don't want to be driving the bus and we just trying to ride in the back of the bus and enjoy the, the view. And, um, and that's where I'm at today. All the, 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 the expectations of myself that I've held myself to for so long and all the pitfalls, all the things that I did for so long, I was so blind to is, um, I'm just slowly becoming aware of those surrendering them and connecting with God and with you people. And uh, today I, I've got a life um, that, that I never even knew, you know, existed. And, and I'm just so, so grateful for so many things. And that gratitude is, it, it's just key. And I'm seeing now that it's really born out of humility. Uh, the longer I stay sober, the more faults I see in myself. And that makes me so much more grateful for what I have. It makes me so much more tolerant for you. I mean, don't you deserve to, you know, be on your path and make some of the mistakes that I made. And, and, um, anyway, I'm really grateful to be here. Thanks. Thanks Paul. Oh. Right here. <coughs> Got time for one more. Pencil. Anything you've heard at this meeting is strictly the experience of the individual participant. The principles of SA are found in our 12 steps and 12 traditions. This is an anonymous program. Please keep the name, address, and phone number of anyone you meet or learn about in SA to yourself. And what we say here 
let it stay here. Here, here. here. Remember that we never identify ourselves publicly with SA in the press, radio, TV, or films. Neither does anyone speak for SA. I'm going to read a vision for you. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the person who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road to happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. And uh, we are going to close with uh, the third step prayer. Everybody want to make a circle? Paul, can you take us out? Okay, you got the power. God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self, that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties, that victory over them may bear witness to those that I would help, of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. Keep coming back. It works if you work it, so work it because you're worth it. Or die. Uh, Daryl, yes. 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 Yes.